listening to the Writerly Bites podcast, where you'll get bite-sized tips for making your writing and your writing life better. I'm Blair Hurley, and I'm a novelist and creative writing instructor. You can find more about me at BlairHurley.com and on Twitter at bhurley. You can follow news about the podcast on Twitter at Writerly Bites. This week's writing tip is betray someone. I'm in the middle of writing and revising a short story that I've had sitting on the back burner for at least a few years. While most of the story is fictional, there are emotional parts to this one that I have felt, and somehow it's taking me forever to actually get in and make the big, bold changes the story requires. It wasn't until I showed my writing group the story that I realized what it was missing. My group noticed how polite the characters were being with each other. Instead of saying the hard things, the cruel things, the angry things, they shrugged and sighed and scuttled away from any real confrontations. That would be the way I would handle a conflict in my own life, more likely than not. I'm inclined to avoid conflict, and so I had my character avoid it too. But fiction isn't real life, and the goal of fiction isn't to show anyone what correct and proper behavior should be. I needed my main character to betray someone. When was the last time you let your character really do it? You know, pull the plug on someone else's heart. Tell a devastating lie, leave someone else in the lurch, or say the cruel, hurtful thing they were actually feeling. It happens sometimes, in real life. Once in a long while, we betray people, or we are betrayed, and the experience stays with us. We realize that we aren't perfect, or our friends are not who we thought they were. It's that searing moment of realization that we're searching for in fiction. We want to see those moments in fiction. We want to see the friendship tested. We want the lovers to pull and stretch and strain apart or break entirely. It's those moments of cruelty, unintentional or not, that test our humanity, that tear open our hearts and leave us a little wiser, a little more forgiving, or maybe a little more broken. One of my favorite examples of a betrayal is in Karen Russell's contemporary classic short story, St. Lucy's Home for Girls Raised by Wolves. In this revelatory and genre-bending story, a group of wild girls raised in the woods by their werewolf parents are slowly civilized. They begin to lose the rough, easy beauty of pack mentality and think for themselves. But as they become more human, they become more capable of lies, deceit, and broken promises. As one girl fails to assimilate, her friend turns her back on the struggling misfit, choosing to blend in with the others instead. A new kind of pack mentality has arisen, a desire to conform, to belong, and to eschew any allegiance to weaker links in the group. As a writer and as a person, I'm often afraid of those moments of betrayal. But I've found again and again that it's possible to walk through the fire and discover the other side of a relationship. Betrayal is not always the end of something. Friendships can heal. Sometimes we discover new bonds, new ways we've shared true sides of ourselves. It's that kind of nakedness that I'm looking for in fiction. So this week, take a look at a relationship you're building in a story. What is special about this relationship? And what would it take for someone to tear it apart? Try taking that step in the story today. You can worry about picking up the messy pieces and walking through the fire tomorrow. This week's reading recommendation is an oldie but a goodie, Big Sur by Jack Kerouac. I actually picked up my copy of this 
uh, from the classic and famous City Lights bookstore on a trip to San Francisco a couple of years ago. It just seemed like the right book to get from the right bookstore when I was a tourist in a city with so much historic literary power and, and resonance. And it was such an immersive, pleasurable experience to step into the beat voice, the beat generation voice here, and just enjoy Kerouac's kind of dizzy, feverish, improv improvisational style here. Um, there are definitely ways in which I feel very ambivalent about Jack Kerouac, and in fact I've written essays about how angry I feel about his blatant sexism and misogyny. So he's not an unproblematic fave. But there's something that I can learn from his writing. I can learn from the energy of it, from the spiritualism of it, from the, the frantic momentum of it, and for the simple focus on the desire to write, to find that magical mindset that gets you writing. Uh, there's something very powerful about Kerouac's writing that I, I still find mesmerizing as a writer, even as I feel very ambivalent about uh, his persona and and the characters that he's interested in creating. Thanks for listening. The Writerly Bites podcast will be back with micro tips to make your writing better. It's produced by me, Blair Hurley. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit the website at writerlybites.com. Email me at writerlybitespodcast at gmail.com with your favorite tips or questions about the writing life, which I'd love to tackle in future episodes. Thank you.